Praise the Lord. All right, everybody doing okay this morning? Good to see everyone. Good to be in the presence of the Lord, the house of the Lord. Good to be amongst the living, amen? The Bible says we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but he made us alive in Christ Jesus. So if you're in Christ today, you're alive. Somebody say, I'm alive. alive. Amen. You're alive and well, praise the Lord. Even if you're dealing with something in this earthly body, in this tent, amen, that's okay, praise the Lord, amen. As the Bible says, even though the outer man may be decaying, the inner man is being renewed day by day, amen, being renewed day by day. If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and open up to the book of 1 Samuel this morning, 1 Samuel in chapter 15, and I want to look at a what should be a fairly familiar s- story here, chapter 15 and verse 1, and I'm going to take a look today at King Saul. I'm going to look at the instructions that the Lord gave Saul. And there's two factors here that I want to kind of focus in on. I want to focus in on Saul and what the Lord spoke to him. And I want to focus in on the Amalekites, which is who God gave the instructions to Saul. Let's look at verse 1 this morning, if you would, with me. He says, Then Samuel said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you as king over his people and over Israel. And now therefore listen to the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel and how he set himself against him on the way while he was coming up from Egypt. And now go and strike Amalek and utterly destroy all that he has. And do not spare him, but put to death both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. And then Saul summoned the people and numbered them in Talam, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to the city of Amalek and set an ambush in the valley. And Saul said to the Kenites, Go, depart, and go down from among the Amalekites, so that I do not destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the sons of Israel when they came up from Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites, and so Saul defeated the Amalekites from Havilah as you go to Shur which is east of Egypt and he captured Agag the king of the Amalekites alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword but Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep the oxen the fatlings the lambs and all that was good and were not willing to destroy them utterly. 
but everything despised and worthless that they destroyed. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel, saying, I regret that I have made Saul king, for he has turned back from following me and has not carried out my commands. And Samuel was distressed and cried out to the Lord all night. And Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, and it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set up a monument for himself, then turned and proceeded on down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have carried out the command of the Lord. But Samuel said, What then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said to Saul, Wait and let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, Speak. And Samuel said, Is it not true, though you were little in your own eyes, you were made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed you king over Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are exterminated. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord, but rushed upon the spoil and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord? Then Saul said to Samuel, I did obey the voice of the Lord and went on the mission on which the Lord sent me and have brought back Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took some of the spoil, sheep and oxen and the choicest of the things devoted to destruction to sacrifice to the Lord their God at Gilgal. Samuel said, has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is the sin of divination or witchcraft, and insubordination is iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Let me pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you this morning in the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are present. We thank you, Father God, that you lead us and guide us and direct us in our lives. And God, I just ask you to be with us this morning as we just look at your word, as we seek your face, as we hear your voice, God. Lord, help us to be those that can be obedient to what you say. Father, I just praise your mighty name, God, for every man and woman that's here. Let me communicate in a way that's pleasing to you, God, in a way that brings life, God. But, Father, I thank you, Jesus, that, God, you are faithful. So, Lord, have your way right now, God. We need you, Jesus, in this place. We need you, Lord, in our life. Come, my King, and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, if you would, give the Lord a hand praise this morning. And my topic's not going to be on the screen. Well, there it is. But I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about the dangers of disobedience when a cup of iniquity is made full. The danger of disobedience in the cup of iniquity 
is made full. And I want to share with you, starting out in First in Samuel, and I want to kind of take a look at Saul right here in regards to what God had commanded him. And God had anointed Saul as king over Israel. Saul was king over the people of Israel. But God had given Saul a, a command. He had given him an instruction that he wanted him to carry out. And one of those instructions was that he would begin to destroy the Amalekites, that he would destroy these people that were coming against the people of God. And I want us to kind of take a look at some different things here because what we begin to see is some things where Saul began to rationalize, some things where Saul began to blame and some things where Saul began to make excuses for his decision making that he made in his life you know one thing that I want us to come to realize amen is that it's crucial for us as Christians that we become those that are obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ that we are ones that are not just mere hearers of the word that deceive themselves, but we are ones that are doers of the word. Because it's crucial that we come to realize, amen, that we are not a, in a game. We are not in a playground, but we're actually in a battleground, amen. And we have true enemies and we have true challenges and we have true things that we encounter, amen. And it's crucial for us in order to be victorious and to live in a way that God has in, intended for us to live, that we learn to be obedient to the voice of the Lord. And how many of y'all know when it comes to obedience, even partial obedience is actually disobedience? In other words, if we partially obey the word of the Lord, but we disobey other parts. Partial obedience is actually disobedience. And we begin to see that here in the book of Samuel. And we begin to see some things that begin to take place concerning Saul. And like I said, I want to touch on Saul this morning. But I also want to touch on the Amalekites. Amen. Because I want you to kind of understand the history of this just to give you a little history. The Amalekites, amen, were the followers and descendants of Amalek. Amalek was the, the grandson of Esau. Esau is the one that gave and sold his birthrights, amen, for a bowl of lentils. And Esau, amen, the name Esau actually represents the word flesh, Esau was one that was found very unpleasing to the Lord's eyes. In fact, everything that Esau stood for, amen, was things that God hated. Are y'all with me today? Did y'all know that there's some things that God hates? God is a God of love, but God hates sin, because it separates us from a living God. Amen. And so I want to kind of take a look at this for just a moment. Because disobedience 
can really begin to create some problems in our life. We see it from the beginning when Adam and Eve, amen, disobeyed God. Amen. They disobeyed God in the, the Garden of Eden. Amen. They went against the will of God. And as a result, amen, they became the sons of disobedience. In fact, as we look in, in the book of Ephesians, in chapter 2, this is what it says in verse 1. And you have, and you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we also conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desire of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature children of wrath, just as others. And so I want us to kind of take a look today, amen. I want us to look at some things that I believe the Lord is wanting to point out, amen. Because one thing about it, when a person disobeys God, they can expect trouble to follow. When you obey God, you can expect blessing to be released that doesn't mean you're never going to go through anything if you're obedient to the lord amen but on the flip side if you choose to disobey god trouble follows amen and that trouble may be minor or that trouble may be major but nevertheless trouble and problems begin to take place you know i was sharing on wednesday and i was talking about consequences and I was talking about these days, we're in a time where society feels like, and even Christians feel like there's no consequences for our actions. We feel like we're under the grace of God and we can do whatever we do, amen, and be okay, amen, as long as we're saved. And I begin to speak about, amen, the consequences of our actions in life, amen, because everything that we do has a, a reaction, amen. Every action has a reaction. I'm going to share with you an example of a child for a moment. If a child disobeys a parent and it touches a hot stove, a minor problem may arise that child's fingers may be burned. Am I right? But if the child disobeys a parent and it plays with matches around some flammable object, there may be a major consequence that occurs because that child may be severely burned, amen, and it may cause some destruction, amen, to himself as, or herself as well as the property. Are y'all with me today? And so I want to kind of take a look at this today, amen, because disobedience to God is the, the subject of this passage right here. And the Lord had given Saul, first of all, a special privilege and a unique opportunity to fulfill a prophecy that God had given to Moses before the generations. Now, the Amalekites, who God had told Saul to completely wipe out, amen, they were people that had come against the children of Israel. Whenever Moses was bringing them out of Egypt, amen, they were there and they came and brought war against the ch children of Israel. And if you remember the story where they had to hold Moses' arms up, Amen. And when they would hold his arms up, they would begin to win the battle. But whenever his arms went down, amen, then, then the enemy would begin to take place and win the battle. Are y'all with me today? But the Amalekites were also those 
who were so wicked that they would offer their children as sacrifices unto their God. In other words, they were sacrificing their children, amen, to their God. How many of y'all know when we let our kids do whatever they want in the world, we're sacrificing our children unto the devil? Somebody say, God is good. But they were wicked people. They were evil. Amen. And God saw no, he saw no, 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 he saw no ability for them to repent. And so he told Saul, he said, you need to wipe them out. You need to take them out. Are y'all with me today? Now, I know that sounds pretty intense coming from a loving God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Somebody say, God is good. But these Amalekites, they were beyond repentance. They were beyond change. Amen. They were at a point where the cup of iniquity became full. Are y'all with me today? Somebody say, God is good. All right. See, God loves all people, but he's also a God who executes justice on the earth. So I want to talk to you a little bit about this, amen, for just a moment. Now remember, Esau means flesh. And this was the grandson of Esau. And these were his descendants of the Amalekites. Okay? I'm going somewhere this morning. Amen. He was the grandson of the Amalekites. Let's go ahead and look at our scripture for just a moment this morning. Okay. Chapter 15. Starting in verse 1, it says, Then Samuel said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people and over Israel. Now, therefore, listen to the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel and how he set himself against him on the way while he was coming up from Egypt. Now go and strike Amalek and utterly destroy all that he has and do not spare him, but put to death both man and woman Child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkeys. I'm going to stop right there for just a moment. Amen. You know, if he didn't, if Saul didn't destroy the entire group, then they would have an ability to be able to reproduce and come back. Now, I shared with you and I told you that Esau represented flesh. Amen. But Amalek also means flesh. God had anticipated to wipe out this entire group because he knew that if he didn't wipe them out, that they would begin to come back and cause problems. Amen. Are y'all with me today? Now, I want you to take a look at that today, amen, 
Because when we look at the Old Testament, the Old Testament is a physical depiction of what God is doing in the spiritual today. Are y'all with me today? So the only answer, amen, was complete and utter destruction. The only answer was to completely wipe them out, amen? They're like ISIS of today, amen. Are y'all with me today? Are y'all with me? All right. Good, I'm glad y'all are. But what we begin to see here when it comes to Saul, amen, is Saul ended up being disobedient to God because how many of y'all know in order to be obedient, it means that you have to trust God. You have to trust God, you have to have faith, and you have to humble yourselves. And that means that we have to trust God even when God's way is different from our ways. But how many of y'all know it's because God sees more than what we can see? And a lot of times we want to understand the reason or the logic behind it. Amen. We want to know why. And there's nothing wrong with asking why. Amen. Because God gives us a mind to think. But at the end of asking why, we need to submit ourselves to the will of God. Are y'all with me today? The Bible says our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. His ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Amen. In other words, we got to know where we stand when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. Are y'all with me today? He's the almighty God. He's the all-knowing God. He's the all-powerful God. He's the God that created the universe, that placed the stars in their sky. He's the God that created you in your mother's womb and knitted you together, amen, and knew you before you were even formed. Are y'all with me today? He's the God that knows when you rise up and when you sit down. He knows, amen, the thoughts that you have before you even begin to think them. He's the almighty creator of God. Are y'all with me today? Now I'm talking about obedience here. So we say, can we trust God? The answer is yes. But the question is, is can God trust you? Can God trust you and could he trust Saul to obey what he had said? <clears throat> See, Saul obeyed God even when it doesn't make sense. He told him to destroy the flocks, amen. Good, perfect flocks. Are y'all with me today? Somebody say, God is good. Let's keep reading in verse, chapter 15. Verse 4, he says, Then Saul summoned the people, and he numbered them in Talam, and 200 foot soldiers and 10,000 men in Judah. Saul came to the city of Amalek and set an ambush in the valley. Saul said to the Canaanites, Go, depart, go down from among the Amalekites, so that I do not destroy you. Jump over into verse 7. So Saul defeated the Amalekites from Hival as you go to Shur, which is east of you, and go to Shur, which is east of Egypt. But look at verse 8. He says, and he captured Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people 
with the edge of the sword. Now, I want us to kind of look at some various things right here that begin to take place. You know, the first temptation that Saul began to have is that he began to rationalize. Amen. He began to rationalize what the Lord was saying. And he began to allow Agag, amen, to make it. And he also kept part of their sheep, amen. And then the next thing that he encountered, amen, was the temptation to belittle it, amen. In other words, he began to try to downplay what he had done. How many of y'all know sometimes when we disobey God, amen, first we try to rationalize and the next thing we try to do, amen, is belittle or downplay and make it seem like it's not that big of a deal. <clears throat> and the next thing that Saul began to do is he began to blame it on, not on the others, praise the Lord. He said, it was not my fault. He said, it was the soldiers, amen. But how many of y'all know Saul was the one that was over the soldiers, praise the Lord. Saul said, but the army spared Agag and the best of the sheep and cattle and the fat calves and lambs, everything that was good. These they were unwilling to destroy completely, but everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed, Amen. But the Bible said in chapter 15 and verse 10, Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel, I am grieved that I made Saul king because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. Amen. See, we can't just downplay and belittle, amen, our disobedience as if it's not a big deal. Are y'all with me today? And the next thing he did was he began to give excuses, praise the Lord. Sometimes we have excuses why we don't obey God. I have an excuse. He, he gave a, a good reason, amen. He says, the soldiers spared the best of the sheep and cattle to sacrifice to the Lord, your God. But we totally destroyed the rest. And one thing that was interesting right here is, first of all, Saul said, to, 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 he said, he referred to it as your God, not his God. And when God is not Lord of your life, praise the Lord, amen, it's going to be hard for you to disobey and obey what the Lord is saying. So in other words, Saul was unrepentant, amen. The Bible said in verse 15, the soldiers spread the best of the sheep and cattle and sacrificed to the Lord, amen. And he began to make excuses. And this is what Samuel said. He says this. I like this. He says, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? Does he delight in that as much as obeying the voice of the Lord? Now, I want you to look at this because sometimes we get this kind of twisted. Amen. In other words, they were saying... Is God happier seeing you offer these good flocks as sacrifices to him than to have you obey his commands? I'm going to put it in terms that you can understand. In other words, are we capable of pushing sacrifices higher than obedience? Because there's people that can say, you know what, I've been faithful in the church, praise the Lord. I've been paying my tithes. I've been serving, I've been giving of my 
abilities and so forth and so on, praise the Lord. And we begin to justify that as if, amen, we should be okay in the manner of, of still being able to live how we want to live, praise the Lord. How I many you know that happens sometimes in churches? But I'm serving. I'm sacrificing. I'm giving my life. I'm offering up these things, praise the Lord, amen. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, amen, that doesn't justify you being disobedient unto the Lord, praise God. That's something that's running rampant in churches today. People want to say, well, I'm giving money to the church. I should be able to live how I want. <clears throat> and sometimes what we do is we begin to take, amen, and we begin to justify our actions through our sacrifice, through our actions. Somebody say, God is good. Psalms 51 and 16, this is what David said. He said, you do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will do not despise. And then his last temptation was to please men. Are you all still with me this morning? His last temptation was to please men. In other words, he wanted to win the favor of the people. He was more concerned with what the people thought of him than what God thought of him. Look at verse 30, chapter 15. Saul said, I have sinned, but please honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel. Come back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God and act to save face. In other words, Saul disobeys because self-will dominates. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. Now that brings me back to what I was talking about before, amen, about the Amalekites. Amalekite or Amalek is a type of the flesh. Okay? And Agag means I will overcome. Now, I want you to look at this for a moment. Agag is who Saul, amen, was supposed to have wiped out and he didn't, right? So look, look at this for a minute. God wanted the Amalekite people completely wiped out. Amen? He wanted the Malachites completely done with. Because he knew if they weren't, that they would come up against them again. Amen? Now take a look at this. Agag means I will overcome. Okay? Emelech means a type of the flesh. Esau meant flesh. So if you, God is saying this, if you don't completely put to death the flesh, then it's going to overcome your life. 
God wanted them gone, wiped out. See, and, and, and he wanted every bit of them. Saul was king of Israel. Saul ended up, amen, no longer being anointed as king, amen. Samuel told him, amen, this day the Lord is telling me that he's taking your kingship and he's giving it to somebody that's better than you, the Bible says, amen. But the thing about it is, amen, is that if we just let a little bit of the flesh to rule in our lives, amen, and we don't crucify all of the flesh, how many of y'all know it's probably going to overcome you in your life? Somebody say God is good. <clears throat> and the Amalekites, whenever they attacked Israel, they were coming from behind and attacking them. And they were attacking the ones that were weak, the ones that were feeble, the ones, amen, that couldn't keep up with the rest of the group. And they would come and they would attack them and attack the ones that were weak. Somebody say, God is good. In other words, the Amalekites attacked Israel from the rear. And the flesh... Amen. Or the sinful nature seeks to attack you at your weakest point. Now the Bible says, amen, that I've been crucified with Christ. That it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. Just like the Amalekites had to be crucified, they had to be wiped out, amen. You have to make a decision to crucify your flesh completely, praise the Lord. Because if you don't, then there's going to be a part of you that's weak, that's going to give in to, the, in to the, the, the temptation, amen. And the Bible said that this is going, this, that the Amalekites, that war against them would be from generation to generation, Amen. And I'm here to tell you there's a war that's going on inside of you, amen. There's a war that's going on with your flesh, praise the Lord, versus the spirit, man, that's inside of you. And it's going to be taking place from generation to generation, amen. So you've got to come to a point, amen, where you say, you know what? I'm not going to begin to make any provision for the flesh in my life. I'm going to make sure that I crucify every aspect of the flesh in my life. Amen. I'm not going to give any ability for it to begin to come and rule or overcome me. Because man is either ruled by the flesh or they're ruled by the spirit. Are y'all with me today? Which one are you ruled by today? The flesh or the spirit? It's a war that's going to go on. And the one that you feed more is the one that's going to be stronger in your life. The Bible says to take every thought captive, obedient to Christ Jesus. If you're walking in the flesh, you're going to have the mind of the flesh. Are y'all with me today? If you're walking in the spirit, you're going to have the mind of the spirit. Are y'all with me today? 
And to come to the mind of the Spirit, we must be born again. We got to be born of the Spirit. Amen. It's necessary in order to worship God. You can't worship God in the flesh. And your life is worship. You've got to make a decision to crucify the flesh. To totally, totally destroy it. Are y'all with me today? Can I get the worship team to come forward? God had one command for Himelech, and that was utter destruction. He didn't say to try to conquer and then reform, but he said destruction. And God has one rule for the flesh life, and that is death. Are y'all with me? You got to put it to death. You got to crucify the old man with the affections and lust. Today, Christians are waging war. God made it clear, Jesus made it clear that he's setting up a spiritual kingdom. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Paul made it very clear. He said, our weapons are not carnal, but they're spiritual But partial obedience to Saul was complete disobedience to God. Somebody say God is good. God will not make peace with your flesh. In fact, the Bible says, amen, that those who are in the flesh can't please God. The Bible says that the flesh is hostile to God. It's hostile to God. But we have to make a decision, amen. Once and for all, we have to make a decision, amen, that we're not going to hold on to areas in our life that, where the flesh, amen, is ruling. And if it's not brought to the cross, it's going to ultimately rise up against you and it's going to seek to destroy you. The Bible says, amen, that the, that the flesh reaps corruption and destruction. So we have to make a decision, amen, just like God had made a decision. We have to make a decision to crucify that flesh. We have to crucify that flesh. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 23, those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. In Galatians 2 and 20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live is in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain.
Come on, stand to your feet this morning. If you don't learn to crucify your flesh, your flesh is going to destroy you. You know, after Saul had disobeyed God and he had let Agag begin to survive, Agag ended up having a descendant. And the Amalekites, amen, who God had wanted to wipe out from giving Israel problems, the Amalekites, amen, continued, continued to begin to come against the children of Israel and if you don't crucify that flesh it's going to continue to come against you you've got to make a decision to walk in the spirit the Bible says if you walk in the spirit you won't carry out the desires of the flesh but you've got to learn and then you've got to crucify it you've got to deny yourself you've got to take up your cross and you've got to follow Jesus Christ amen you got to make a decision today. Amen. Let me pray. Father, we just thank you, Jesus.